Wow, here we are. Here we are. Uh, all right, just intro us into the podcast. Intro us into the podcast. This is kind of a big deal. What's up, podcast fam? It's your boy, Lucas, and your girl, Kelsey, here listening. We're not listening. Talking, sharing about friendship. Um, and we want to know, do you consider us friends? Boom. I feel like that's not how the podcast works, but I love the confidence. <laughs> not at all. I love the confidence. Thank you. I, I lack a lot of things. Confidence is not one of them. Kelsey. Lucas. Do you consider us friends? Yes, I absolutely consider us friends. Okay. At what point would you say that we became friends in your eyes, in your opinion? Oh, I think freshman year of college, when you started telling me about the girls that you liked is when I felt like, wow, I think I'm really friends with this guy. So so that was a couple of days into our friendship. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Early on in college, for sure. For sure. I just trusted you. I had confidence in your ability to keep secrets, which uh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'm sorry. 18 year old Kelsey was not very trustworthy. Yeah. Well, 18 year old Lucas was just nonstop. So <laughs> how did we meet in the first place? You know, I was thinking about that before coming on here and I feel like I can't pinpoint my first impression of you. Wow, that hurts. Can, do you know? Do you remember? I know. I'm kind of embarrassed. I have like a lot of fragments from that first semester of college and maybe even that first month, but none where I'm like, for sure, it was the first time we met. I, I remember fall retreat for sure. Yeah. You took a photo of me and some guys winning tug of war. <laughs> that I distinctly remember. I have no idea. We lived in a moral, so probably pretty early on. Yeah, I have no clue. You know what? I think it was when we were making t-shirts for fall retreat. We had those like white t-shirts with the blue stripe on them. Yeah. Because I think I had not, like you had not come to team before that. Well. And I was like, who is this guy who's all of a sudden coming to fall retreat? Well, to be fair, BK <laughs> invited me out to hang out one day. We were playing sand volleyball, playing thrash. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. How often do we do this? And he was like, oh, like every other week. And so I decided, great, I'll just come to team every other week mm. to avoid any kind of like Bible related study. <laughs> Snap. And then I came two weeks later and, and I was lied to. Mm. Um, I asked Brett later in the, in the future. He was like, yeah, I honestly had no idea. He was just there because of Trisha. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I went to some, I went to some Bible studies beforehand. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in a computer lab for like some like on-campus magazine and for some reason i had my laptop with me as i'm coming back to moral i think Wade had told me that you guys were making t-shirts mm. and i go back into the piano room you guys are in there with all the supplies and everything looking just absolutely adorable and i'm like hey wait can i join for fall retreat and he was like oh like let me see if it's not too late wow and this is like a night and a half before fall retreat wow and then it was not too late. I ended up not even going on Friday night. I watched Kim Peel at the Ohio Union, and that was great. <laughs> Classic. But yeah, I, the one day Wit didn't have his laptop on him, I did. Which at the mm. time felt like momentous. 
But then realistically, it's like, okay, cool. I could have just gone upstairs and got on my laptop. It wasn't the end of the world. So yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. So after our freshman year, we was it the following year we were neighbors? No, it wasn't until our junior year. What did you do your sophomore year? We lived off of Euclid Avenue over by Croghetto. Yes. You lived like a mile and a half away from campus. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was a, it was a hike. <laughs> and then so junior year you moved in next to us. Of the guys you lived next to, who was the worst? <laughs> what a question. Who was the worst? Yeah. What like based on what like what would qualify them as the worst just objectively? Yeah. Because it was you, Daniel, Zach, Eric, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm just like, I'm tempted to say Kevin. Mm. I'm not sure why. That feels, I'm sorry, Kevin. Um, I think maybe because I hated being responded to, like ha- receiving the phrase chicken butt all the time. Sure. But like, that's not a fair judgment. So it's a brutal question. I think all of us would agree with you, including Kevin. <laughs> I think Vince would say that all of us sucked the most. Yeah, he did not like you guys. I have no idea why. <laughs> I Why did he love you so much? Your apartment was nicer. He was on top of everything whenever you guys had a question or needed something. What was up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I think Becca was probably sleeping with him. So that's probably Oh my happened. God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not what was happening. Um, we were girls and Vince liked us maybe because he was a guy. Hard to say. No, it's pretty easy to say. Yeah, that's that's usually the typical response. And you guys were disgusting. Whoa, come on. Um, and there were like mice in your apartment, so. The mice were not our fault. The mice were not our fault. Mm, mm. I think single-handedly, the mice were actually your fault. <laughs> so. Wow, no. <laughs> Strong disagree. I've seen your bedroom. Whoa. I've seen your kitchen. <laughs> now my bedroom is, I can't say spotless, but. It's miceless. <laughs> That's so, key. That's key. Yeah. Absolutely refuse to uh, to take on that blame. Okay. Okay. Fine. So one of the things that were like really big in our friendship was 2015, that summer, mm-hmm. we were at LT. And as I was like thinking of like questions to ask, I just had to share one of the craziest miracles I've ever witnessed in my life. Oh, boy. Stop. Me, you, and Eric were helping out with like some little fair that this church was putting on because I think they were opening up to like the community and whatnot. Yeah. For the life of us, we couldn't get this cotton candy machine to work (laughs) for like 20 minutes, for 20 minutes. (laughs) 19-year-old Lucas is like, hey guys, let's just, let's pray. Yes. So we we hold hands. We hold hands. We bow heads. We let out a prayer. And not 20 seconds later, (laughs) this thing is making cotton candy. The power of prayer, people. I cannot explain, <gasps> besides the goodness of God, how this thing just started to work. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. What do you miss most about, not just that summer, but <laughs> what do you miss most about college? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Honestly, I feel like the proximity of having, oh, maybe I'm saying, are you saying that word wrong? But like, I want to say the proximity of friendship Mm. and the like vastness of the friends. I felt like I had so many friends in college that were so close. Like I could 
yeah, you literally were six steps away. You were simply a thin wall away. I could hear you at times. Um, (laughs) But then also like there was just like a richness and a depth of friendship that I had in college with a lot of people that also lived very close to me. And it felt like simple times. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like, I mean, obviously having lived next to each other our junior year, but like being on South Campus and even like, you know, rewinding back to freshman year, being in the same dorm mm. and Moral Tower and just being like an elevator right away. Yeah. Not only having that like sense of community, I think freshman year, but seeing that evolve and grow throughout college. Mm-hmm. Definitely miss that. And I feel like that's one of the things that has probably been most, I don't want to say challenging, but just different in LA. Like I've got some really awesome close friends here relationships that I cherish and like people who I feel like know me really well. But in college, it was like I had that tenfold and not like in any better sense. Yeah. But just in a greater numerical sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like, you know, walking 20 minutes feels different than having to drive 20 minutes here in LA. But yeah, I I completely agree. What's one way you feel like that community, whether it was specific friends or a community of people, a group of people specifically that impacted you, maybe it was roommates or, you know, a Bible study or whatever. What do you feel like was one of the things that you grew in the most over the course of your time in, in those four years at Ohio State? Whoa, that's, that's a good question. It's hard though, because like, right, that was 18 to 22. I was just growing regardless as a human, as a person. Yeah. But yeah, I think and not to like over spiritualize this, but I would just say like, I think a lot of people in our church have the Holy Spirit and being a part of a church, the valued community. I just had a lot of almost just like different perspectives on things. Like if I was ever seeking advice, like I knew I could like go to a handful of people and they could kind of like, maybe not give me like opposing advices, but like kind of come at it from a different angle. And I felt like I just got like a greater understanding of how the body of the church could function mm. with like everybody operating out of their own giftings. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that maybe doesn't answer how I grew. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think it does though. Yeah, right. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily make you see things in like one way. I think that's one thing that I've wrestled with since graduating college is like, People can have different opinions and still have like yeah. the same faith. Yeah. Yeah. And not that anyone is, you know, more right or wrong than the other, but whether it's like a point of view or a conviction or whatever it is, like people can have a, yeah, just a different perspective. And I think that that's all based off of the way that they've navigated this world. So Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's one thing you absolutely cannot stand about me? What do you hate about me? <laughs> Such a hard left turn about you, Lucas. Yeah, I know that I'm like absolutely lovable and it's really hard to find anything to hate about me. But if you had to pick like one thing. Oh my gosh. I've not ever thought about something I hate about you. That's shocking. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like, um, do you like lick your fingers when you eat things? Do I lick my fingers? If it's on your hands? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I feel like you have. Depends on what it is I'm eating. I feel like you have in front of me and that probably... Just is like the grossest thing to me always. You're joking. I, like it could be anybody though. So I don't know if that's fair. No, 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 for sure. But for you, I feel like I have a memory of like you eating wings in front of me and me being like, this is disgusting. That's crazy. I feel like I'm, well. Hate's strong. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. Let me think on that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, while you think, I just got to say, mm-hmm. 
if you're going to eat wings with your hands <laughs> yeah. and you're paying for the sauce, like you might as well just like slurp that sauce down. <laughs> Get every last drop. That's fair. Yeah, that's kind of a judgmental thing to. Because like you're, you're already like, like if I'm eating with like chopsticks or like a fork and a knife. Oh no, I got some sauce on my pinky. That's weird, right? But like <laughs> you've already prepped. You've prepped your hands to like yeah. consume eating with your mouths. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you got to be cognizant of the fact that like <laughs> if I grab a paper towel with like soaking wet sauce hands, <laughs> the paper towel renders useless. But if I like lick my fingers first and then I go for the paper towel and then like boom, next thing you know, I'm at least able to like open the bathroom door with like the back of my hand slash wrist. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just no drippage on the shoes. The shoes. <laughs> yeah, because you're walking. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Fair enough. I feel like there's probably something you do in conversation. Like, I feel like when I'm with you in person, you, like, annoy me when I'm talking to you. Like, I genuinely really enjoy talking to you, but I feel like I voice it. I'm like, Lucas, why do you do that? But I can't think of what it is because it's been so long. Well, that's why I chose to do no video. Yeah, because yeah. you probably there. If there's something about the way you, oh, it's too like specific to be able to give an example. Which no, but try, but try. Yeah, well, okay. Because I'm thinking like maybe there's like a word you use or like a phrase you say when you're like done telling a story that is like you did not need to end that that way, or it's like just like like a quirk about you. Interesting. Yeah. You just don't like what makes me me. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah. No. It's going to come to me all like, but, but truly I think it's like when we're in person, like I feel like when I'm talking to you on the phone, it's different. Yeah. But it's like when I'm with you, I'm like, why are you being that way? Wait, can I ask you a question? Oh my God, please do. What do you hate about me? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um. Absolutely nothing. Shut up. You You must hate something. I don't know. I feel. I mean, you're always late. Oh, stop! You're so <laughs> yeah. I'm always late, which is true. Yep, it is. It's very hate worthy. I hate that at times you're more extroverted than me. Ooh, because it's a competition. Yeah. Sometimes it's like okay, cool, same wavelength. Other times it's like, oh no, I'm losing people to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, we could together conquer the world. I think. I know. I agree, and that's the issue. It's like you don't see that, or you didn't see that at the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> is there ever has there ever been a time where you've complimented me or like lied to my face in order to not hurt my feelings? No, I feel like I've been very forward with you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you are a very honest person. <laughs> Borderline to a fault. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think the only time that I would have ever... Well, when you asked me out our senior year of college, yeah, I feel like I just said no. And you tried to pull the like, no now or no never. <laughs> no. And I was like, mm, never. Yeah. <laughs> but you made me say it. I wouldn't have said it. Yeah. You asked, but. I've got a hard time seeing that staying in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Do You Consider Us Friends podcast. Now, don't worry. I'm going to keep this short, okay? I know you don't want to hear me talking to you. You want to hear me talking to Kelsey, and that's fine. I get it. I just wanted to say a quick thank you. Without you, this whole thing would be meaningless. Granted, with you, it is still meaningless, but at least I'm not alone in doing it. So, I appreciate you. 
Alright, alright, fine. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy the music for a second, but we'll get back into it. I'm sorry. Um, I think one of my fondest memories with you, this is so random and such a recent memory, but is when I picked you up in Columbus and drove you to Bloomington and we literally listened to like the whole Hamilton soundtrack and just sang <laughs> for like three hours straight in the car. That was... Because there's, there's truly not that many people in like a platonic girl guy friendship that you can be comfortable in a three and a half hour car ride singing Hamilton together with. Like, I feel like that's, that's special. That is special. I agree. Why do you think that is? Why do I think that's special? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think that's the case that like it's hard to have today platonic friendships between men and women? Yeah. Well, isn't that the age old question? Can girls and guys just be friends? Uh, Yeah, that is Mm, an age old question. It is age old. And I'm asking you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think girls. Oh, well, like my deep answer to that would probably be like, if you go to like your Freudian theory, it would be like girls are always seeking something from a guy that their father didn't provide for them. And then guys are seeking something from a girl that their mother didn't provide for them. Interesting. Or something like that. So it makes relationships hard and someone always catches feelings and then it ends in tragedy. But I don't think that, I definitely do not believe that always has to be the case. I just think girl guy friendships should operate with some level of boundary. That's what I would say. Okay. Why is that? Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Why is that? I think, well, I would maybe even say like every friendship or relationship should have some sort of boundary on it. Um, yeah, they ought to operate with some boundaries because, and like maybe like a spoken boundary. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Because I think when things aren't spoken, then you have like unmet expectations for each other. So maybe if I'm a girl, I'm like hanging out with a guy a lot. And my expectation is like, oh, well, eventually we're going to date because we're spending so much time together. Eventually he's going to ask me on a date. And the guy's like, no, I just genuinely enjoy her company. I never intend to ask her on a date. And then at some point I end up becoming really hurt because I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to lead to something and now it's not. And now I don't even want to be your friend because I wanted you to ask me on a date and you never did. Yeah. Right. And then vice versa. Yeah. So I think just having spoken boundaries of like, hey, this is a friendship and these are friend things. So those are my thoughts. Maybe those could be sharpened for sure. Cleaned up a bit. Yeah. That makes sense though. Do you think that any part of that was specifically in your mind cultivated by the way that like our culture was in H2O or do you think you kind of had that coming into college? I think that I had like I growing up, I'd never had really close guy friends. Um, But I think I never had really close guy friends because I had just like really good, rich, deep female friendships. And I always felt like no offense to guys, but they just like couldn't, they were never as deep or as fun. Um, And then I do think probably some of our culture in college and the church that we went to probably emphasized and like made some of those boundaries a little bit more strict. However, I would say that that's not a bad thing because how many people in your life do you know that are like in situationships and you're like, you are hurting yourself because like that guy is never going to take you seriously and you're just letting him use you. And if you had set a boundary on that from the beginning, then you wouldn't be in this situation ship to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. So I think I'm pro boundaries. I like what you said about like having it be spoken. I don't know. I, I think that it can be understood whether it's spoken or not. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to speak it. Yeah. But I think that like whether it's like through your actions or through what it is you're saying, 
it could be spoken in that way too, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Easier said than done for sure. I think. Speaking of female friendships that you had, what was it like growing up in a second world country? <laughs> what? What are you implying? A second? So you grew up in Florida. I grew up in Florida. I sure did. <laughs> Which is like a second world country. But why would you say that? Why would you insult Florida like that? Come on. You live there. You know what it's like. <laughs> Melbourne, Florida is a treasure. Don't you dare insult her. Melbourne isn't even the best in Melbourne in the world. Okay, well, at least whatever. You're right. There's less things that could kill you in Melbourne, Florida than Melbourne, Australia, though. Less things at sea, way more things on land. <laughs> Maybe. What was it like going from Florida to Ohio and then Indiana? Yeah, really cold. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss Florida, like the hot weather? I do miss Florida a lot, Yeah. I miss being warm all the time, but I don't miss being sunburned all the time. Although mm. I still get very sunburned in Ohio and Indiana, so it's kind of dumb. Do you ever see yourself going back? I do. Yeah, for a long time I thought I wouldn't, but I think now I could definitely see myself moving back. Yeah. Would you go back to like Melbourne or would you want to go back to like a different part of the state? I think I would go back to Melbourne. My sister has a six-month-old that I would really like to be close with, my nephew, <laughs> and I just have really, really awesome parents. And so I think I would love to be close to them because it's been almost 10 years now since I've lived at home. Wow. That's crazy. I know. How does it feel to be 27? You just turned 27. Um, I feel good about 27. Yeah. I was really like, I don't love getting older, but 27 feels right. I feel 27. Okay. Paige Hamrick was wondering what Taylor Swift era are you in right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Dang. I feel like I'm, a, I'm in my fearless era. Okay. Why is that? I just feel like I am like actively trying not to let fear control any aspects of my life. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be better at the things that scare me and not let them limit me. So I feel like I'm in my fearless era. That's amazing. Have you learned how to play guitar yet? You've been trying for the last 10 years. Oh my gosh. Who wanted to, who asked me that? Me. <laughs> oh, no, Lucas, I never learned how to play the dang guitar. I told Hope she could have my guitar when she moves. Well, you gave your guitar away? Yeah, kind of. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. I'm kind of embarrassed. Well, you can always, like, pick it up later. I could. I could one day. Yeah, I'm sure Taylor Swift didn't start young. <laughs> Stop it. She definitely started young. <laughs> um, Question. It has nothing to do with me. Okay. Oh my gosh. Will you tell me the dead dog stories? <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready? So let me paint you a picture. I am in seventh grade living in Melbourne, Florida. My sister is in ninth grade and it is her freshman year homecoming dance day. My cousin comes over to help my sister with her hair and makeup. She brings her son. Um, I am outside playing with my best friend at the time, Mariah Lewis, and um, all of a sudden we hear this loud crash and we go inside and my three-year-old cousin, his name is Aiden, he has picked up my three and a half pound Yorkie Poo dog and thrown it over the loft. So from the second <laughs> floor to the first floor, and it is laying sprawled out on the carpet of my living room, <laughs> certainly to the naked eye, dead. And I mean, like my mom is in 
hysterics simultaneously as we hear this loud crash my sister's date and his mom ring the doorbell to pick her up for her homecoming dance so picture this you walk into our living room my mom is in hysterics because this dog is her best friend um my sister is crying makeup everywhere my cousin is screaming at her kid she's like you killed their dog um me and my best friend mariah lewis are just like standing in the corner i'm probably crying my brother is there i have a younger brother and he's just like chilling he's in i don't know four fourth grade. So he's like 10 at the time. He's not sure what to do. My sister's date and his mom are just like kind of still on the front porch. Like they haven't walked into our house because they like do not know what to make of this scene. So at some point my cousin leaves, she like picks up her kid, like throws him in the car. She's a mess. My mom is like scared that they shouldn't drive home, but they drive home. And my sister's like trying to clean her makeup up. Her date and mom are like sitting on the bench outside of our front door because they're like, yeah, this seems like a lot is going on. We're just kind of like waited out. And my brother in these like 15 minutes since the dog has been thrown over the ledge, my brother goes over to where the dog is lying, seemingly dead, but he leans closer and he's like, Oh my God, I think it's, I think it just opened its eyes. I think it's still alive. And he like leans in. He's like, mom, it's definitely still breathing. And so my mom rushes over to where our dog is laying um, now, not dead, half alive. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's still alive. So I still remember she like grabs a towel. She scoops up this dog. She like puts it close to her ears. She's like, yes, it's breathing. I can feel it's chest is moving. Like this is amazing. So me, my mom, my brother, and my best friend, Mariah Lewis, we hop into our minivan and we drive to the vet. Um, meanwhile, my sister is kind of like, well, if the dog's not dead, I'm still going to go to homecoming. So she gets all ready again and like goes and she's taking pictures for homecoming. And I still remember like, I don't know if you've experienced grief or like listeners, if you've experienced grief, but you could have that moment of like, your life is like flashing before your eyes, which was, this was my first taste of grief. So I felt that big time. I remember driving to the vet, like my life will never be the same. My dog is going to die. <laughs> and we get to the waiting room of the vet. And I feel like we probably waited for like two hours. I don't know how long we wait. And it's like, my mom is like so flustered. She walks up to the window and she's like, my nephew, he, he, he threw the dog. We're not sure like how hard he threw it or like how tall of a distance it actually is you know she has like no idea how far this dog fell from i would say probably like 10 feet it was probably like a 10 feet drop uh maybe 11 but it's a tiny dog but it's a t three and a half pounds full grown <laughs> very small dog so she's like and the woman like the secretary at the vet is like um okay like have a seat blah 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 like it's this saturday night the vet will be with you as soon as he can because it's busy it's the emergency vet so we probably wait for almost two hours the dog has made like no movements just like barely it's breathing you know and so we're thinking like all of its bones are probably broken it's probably internally bleeding like why are we even here like it's just gonna die but it's still breathing so we're not just gonna like bury it well we get into this vet office or like the little room in the vet and, you know, once again, my mom's trying to explain the story to the vet. And like, you can tell we've all been crying. Why the heck my friend Mariah was still with us? I don't know, but she's in this little room with us too. <laughs> Me, my brother, my best friend, and my mom. And the vet's like, okay, like, you know, go ahead and put, because my mom's still holding the dog, like wrapped in this towel. He's like, go ahead and put the dog um, on the table. So my mom puts the dog on the little like examination table. The dog literally hops up, walks back over to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like nothing's wrong. Like it was playing dead for the past two and a half hours. So we like all gasp. Like me, my friend, my brother were like, oh, 
what? Like we thought like, there's no way this is a miracle. And so the vet is like, okay, so what happened again? (laughs) And then the vet's like feeling all over the dog. And he was like, I mean, nothing feels broken. Do you want me to go ahead and do an x-ray? And my mom is like, was a little bit cheap at this time in our life. So she was like, well, how much is an x-ray going to cost? And x-rays for dogs are like ridiculous. It was going to be like almost a thousand dollars out of pocket. Cause you know, you don't have insurance for your dog. Sure. Um, and so she's like, mm, no, if you think nothing's broken, it's probably fine. And so, yeah, literally the dog was fine. Um, it kind of like ran into walls a little bit after that. So we thought like maybe it had some brain damage. Um, and then it did in fact get run over by a car and actually died two years later. So... <laughs> <laughs> that is the really harsh ending to that story. R.I.P. Summer. That was the name of the dog. Her name was Summer. But that's my favorite story to tell, especially for people who love dogs because they get like really invested and then they it kind of ends and they're like, oh, so she was okay. And then I'm like, yeah, and then she got squished. Um, and then it, it's just the shock value is all I need. Do you have a dead dog? When you go to parties, do people ask you about your now dead dog? And when you tell them what happened, it kills the mood. People stop talking to you because, hey, let's face it, you're the freak with the dead dog. And nobody wants to associate with you. Now, you're not even getting invited to parties because, for being honest, you take the fun out of fun parties. Well, get ready to turn those frowns upside down with Kelsey's Masterclass. Transform your tragic dog death story to a cute and funny little party story that will get the whole crowd laughing. Did they get run over by a car? Squish! Did your puppy get eaten by a bear on the loose? Oops! Kelsey's promise is, no matter the tragedy, you'll make them laughity. Offer valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All sales final. Must be 18 years or older. Taxes and gratuity not included. Void were prohibited. Keep in mind that Kelsey is not responsible for any listener reactions to your storytelling skills, including any potential outrage resulting from sharing a tragic story about your deceased dog. While we sympathize with your loss, individual responses may vary. Please use discretion when discussing personal stories. Okay. 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 I, I got to know. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I got it. That's what's that is what I least like about you is that you repeat everything three times. <laughs> no, that's what you do, and then it's exactly I remembered it. It's it, in conversations you do that. You're like, okay, 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 mm, mm, mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like just say it once, just say it once. It only needs to be said once. That's it. That's no. it. Oh my god, we 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 discovered on. it. We've discovered it. It makes sense. It makes sense. Full circle. I only needed to talk to you for a little longer. I'll uh, I'll try to stop. Yeah, okay. I will try to Good. stop from now on for the rest of the pod. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> what amendments would you like to make to the Steak and Shake story that Eric told? Oh, amendments. I would just say, no, I honestly think you guys hit it all really well. Uh, I thought you were maybe a touch exaggerative in your timing, but I also can't super remember how long we were there for. So you could be more right. There was just a couple of times where you're like, we were definitely there for 20 minutes. And I was like, mm, it was maybe like 10, but also then I was like, it was long enough to be weird. 
the entire night was an hour long, at least. Like, Yeah, yes. I would say the entire night was an hour, yeah. From when we sat down to then when we were like, we are for sure leaving. Yeah. It was an hour. No, you're right. You're right. I would say I loved... Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I love that you guys gave me the shout out of like, Kelsey kept trying to make it like not a big deal. Cause I do remember feeling so uncomfortable that I kept trying to like crack jokes because Eric fully did not speak another word after he tried <laughs> to pay for the man's meal or like buying him a new sandwich. Like, I think he said no words the rest of the night. And I was actually scared that he was going to like internally combust. So I kept trying to be like, it's not that big of a deal, yeah. but it was pretty embarrassing. So I just wish we, were t- we had taken up the, uh, the manager on the offers for the free food. I don't see why we, we would ever pass up on free food. No, I remember you being really into that, but we just like needed to get out of there. So yeah, which I, again, I don't understand. We, we've already been there for an hour. We're so hungry. Yeah. Eric was wondering oh. if you remember the one time that he touched your knee. Oh my gosh. I'm going to kill Eric. What's that? Yes. One time. <laughs> we... I think we were at Chick-fil-A and it was like me, him, Courtney, somebody else with was, was with us. Sorry to whoever it is. I can't remember. And we were sitting, me and Eric were like, oh, I don't even, I can't remember if we were across from each other, but on the edge of the booth or we were next to each other. I think we were across from each other, but like on the outside of the booth. So it was like our knees could almost like touch. I think that's what it was. He'll remember this better. And he like put his hand <laughs> on my knee, but it was like, like he was trying to put it on his own knee. So we must've been next to each other. Like he was trying to like rest his hand on his knee, but he just rested it on my knee. And it was such a like shocking act of like intimacy that I was like, we both like he immediately pulls his hand away. And I was like, what the heck? And he was like, I thought that was my knee or like something like it, but it was like so quick. It was like a one second experience. And then he just continues to like bring it up every three months. Like this was probably like four years ago, but he'll be like, remember when I touched your knee? I'm like, yes, I only remember because you have reminded me of it every day since. Yeah. So yeah, that is the time of when Eric touched my knee. Yeah. He also asks <laughs> about your friendship with the cleaning lady at the Iron Pit. <laughs> okay. So the Iron Pit is the gym that I go to in um, Bloomington, Indiana. And Eric- You still go there. I still go to the Iron Pit. Yeah. Big Iron wow. Pit girl. I've actually am like super jacked to these. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not at all. I go very irregularly, but I love the gym. Um, but yes. There is a woman who was probably in her 50s, late 50s, who helps clean um, the gym at the Iron Pit. And she has, I would say, like some sort of developmental delay, like couldn't put my finger on it. I'm I'm not really sure, um, but it causes... Environmental delay? No, no, no. Developmental, excuse me. Oh, did I? I might have misheard you. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you definitely did. If you... I'm just not listening. I'm not li- the story isn't about me, so I'm just not listening. Sorry, yeah, you're removed from it. She has some some developmental delay. She has a, has a touch of social awkwardness or like misses some social cues. Okay. Um, but but something that has resulted in that is um she asks about Eric 
like all the time. Like every <laughs> single, every single time I see her at the gym, which is any time that I go before 5 p.m. Like if I go during the day, because if I go at night, she's not there. She will be like, how's your other little friend? That's like what she calls Eric, my other little friend. Because <laughs> at one point it was me, Eric, and then this um, man, Josh, Josh Bogner, shout out, um, that would go to the gym and the three of us would like often be spotted together. And so she calls him the blonde headed friend. And then Eric is my other little friend. Um, and she she asks about Eric every single time I see her. And I pretty much, like, if I have an update, I give it. If not, I'm just like, I'm sure he's doing great. Um, but he she also is like, she thought that for sure Eric and I were um, married, um, even though we told her, like, numerous times that, that we were simply just friends. Um, and that yeah. is all it would ever be. And she, like, even when I told her that Eric was engaged to be married, she was like, man, I just still wish it was you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, um, I don't, but okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Um, Faith is a lucky woman. But, Amen. yeah, it was just... Yeah, a, it's been a really funny time. And then she, yeah, often like wants to talk about politics and make sure that like I agree with her, which I rarely do. So it always just leaves me feeling pretty awkward. But yeah, that's her name is Thelma. She's a lovely woman. Um, and she's always asking about my other little friend. <laughs> yeah, I love the persistence in her spirit. Just like. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's deep. Um, <laughs> what are you up to these days? What do you do for work? Yeah, I work for an organization called Youth for Christ. I am a campus life director, so I work with middle and high school kids, students. Um, and I basically, I would say that my job is to make like Christianity accessible to them, which sounds kind of weird, but I'm kind of like the middle ground. If like on one side you have the church and then on one side you have the world, I'm kind of trying to reach um, maybe like students of the world, maybe kids who would never step foot in a youth group and kind of give them some basics to like, Hey, this is who Jesus is. And this is, um, what that means for you. And so it's great. So I get to pursue authentic Christian relationships with students and get to go be where kids are. So I spend a lot of time at high, high school and middle school sporting events, um, I spend a lot of time hanging out with 13-year-old girls. They're my absolute favorite. It's so much fun. Um, I go into lunches at middle schools and high schools during the weeks. That's not summertime. And I get to hang out with students at lunch. I substitute teach sometimes. I lead small groups. I do a whole slew of things. Play a lot of silly games. Have a lot of dance parties. Go to a lot of camps. Do you it's still great. coach soccer? I do. I coach soccer at Edgewood High School. Go Mustangs. Wow. Mustangs was my uh, my middle school. Or like my Really? Yeah, when I lived in Norwood by Boston, that was like the town mascot. Or I guess like the, the mascot for the schools. That's cool. Yeah. I also um, coach track at a local middle school in the spring. Oh, interesting. Hurdles specifically. <laughs> I remember one time we were at the Ark. And we were playing soccer and you just didn't want me on the field, <laughs> which is fine, right? Like, yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah. Though I am Brazilian, so like it is quite literally in my blood. But I was on a fast break. I turned around and I drilled the ball. It's like me and the goalie. And I'm like, oh, this is my time to shine, baby. Come on. I got this. I got this. <laughs> and just like wide left. 
like so wide <laughs> that like it might have not been a goal kick. It might they might have had to throw it in. <laughs> oh no, chance it was that wide. That's hilarious. So it yeah it was it it, it wasn't pretty. I thought I was going to finally prove all the haters wrong. Um, if I had a chance to redo it, I would have scored the goal. Mm, yeah, I would have scored. I would have planted my left foot. Mm, key. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta plant that foot. What was it like driving across the country with me, Eric, Sam to drop me off in Los Angeles? Dang, that was an experience. Let me tell you. Well, I will say I was really hoping to get Instagram famous off of that road trip. And Lucas, I give you props because you were the most entertaining anytime I would put my phone camera in your face. You would always do something That's funny. That's true. That's true. Because Eric and Sam were really not into it. And it was pretty disappointing for me as a potential aspiring influencer. Yeah. I did not enjoy their lack of enthusiasm. It's easy to be funny when you're constantly sweaty, though. <laughs> I sweat so much on the way out there. That was a really hot road trip. Yeah. Every single picture of like the four of us. I just have sweat all over my shirt. It was awful. Well, it was August, right? Uh, I think it was late August or was it slash like Labor Day? early September. Okay. I was like, it could have been Labor we, Day. We landed September 6th in LA. That was the first night. Oh, okay. So early September then. Yeah. Labor Day weekend. Yeah. But still like considering we're, we were driving through Kansas City and then like Denver, which was like as hot, but then like Utah, Vegas, LA. Yeah. It was very warm. Um, we stayed the night at your friend's place. Yeah. Which was so unnecessary, but like, I'm glad we did it for you. Yeah. No, in retrospect, would not have done that for sure. Yeah. Which again was fine. We ended up being able to spend more time in my hometown, which was nice. But that reminded me when you tried to blame me, the victim, in being scammed, which was crazy that you would victim blame. <laughs> I. I, I tried changing my address from Bloomington <laughs> to Los Angeles. And it was like, hey, you've been charged a fee of $30. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's like a normal thing that happens whenever you like pay to change your address with the USPS. And then I found out that I clicked, I had looked like change of address things and I clicked the sponsored ad instead of the first result on Google. And so I'm like calling my bank. I'm like, oh my gosh, they have my bank information or my credit card or whatever. Like, please like help me make sure that I, you know, cancel this charge. Like, I didn't mean to do it. I have no clue what's happening. And you were like, Lucas, it's your fault. You should have seen it coming. You should have known. I'm like, wow. I was pretty harsh. Yeah. Real support for those of us that were struggling. So thanks. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was not kind of me. I could have been more empathetic. I just think you were so flustered that I thought it was I don't know why I was bullying you about that. Yeah, I did victim blame. I'm sorry, Lucas. Yeah, it's okay. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. Thank and that's you. what this podcast is all about. Me just <laughs> digging stuff up and then asking you to ask for forgiveness and then me forgiving you. <laughs> There's you could probably ask, you could probably confront me on a lot of things that I now would be like, Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I do remember I broke your French press on that trip. You did. Trying to shove things into the back of your car. And I felt really bad about that one. Yeah. Daniel also broke my espresso machine. He's like, I'll buy you a new one. Didn't even think twice. He, I'm sure until he listens to this right now. He will not even know. He didn't even remember. He dropped it on the ground. Yeah. 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I meant to buy you a new French press and I did not. So do you have yeah. a French press? Do you need one? I can mail you one. I have. I've got uh, like a pour over thing. Okay, okay. A little glass so thing. Set. So 
I'm I'm Good. set. I don't. I've graduated from French presses. It's too many grounds. Yeah, it's kind of like very 2019. So no, but that that trip out west was was great. I feel like we had the perfect mix of Eric's quietness, you nonstop wanting to like fill the yeah. void with sound. Okay, okay. Me just determined to get out west <laughs> with my windshield taking a rock. And just breaking yes. on the way there, which is devastating. That was devastating. <laughs> Full crack in your brand new car. We can't forget about Sam's uh, constant motion sickness and having to oh, sit in the front seat. And Sam ran over my foot with your car. Wow, it's true. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then the uh, the shampoo bottle just absolutely exploded in my trunk. It's still staying. Wait, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But that was a great trip. That was a great trip. I feel like we did a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do by myself. Yeah. Which includes getting out to LA and like, what was it? Four days. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had elk burger in Moab. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Let's <laughs> see. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I, I did it again. <laughs> you did. You sure did. Yikes. Okay, so you've had five and a half years <laughs> to watch it. Have you watched Scooting yet? Oh, that's um you know, I have read the reviews. Oh my god. I've seen um how the press has responded. Oh my god. And I have made the informed decision to not tune in to the viewing of Scooting. No, that's I insane. haven't watched it. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. How Would you I still consider you? us friends? <laughs> Honestly, um, I, that's tough. That, that's that's tough. <laughs> will you send it to me again? Or show, tell me where I can watch it and maybe I will. <laughs> you say it had bad reviews. Dude, it has an 8.3 on IMDb. <laughs> Is it on IMDb? <laughs> no, you can't I watch it, it on IMDb. <laughs> it's on YouTube. I even okay, did a, okay. I, I have a shorter version Scooting. now. Got it. I've got a shorter version. You can watch it now. Scooting okay. the 200th anniversary wherever you stream <laughs> on YouTube. Okay, perfect. I will tune into that immediately. Good. Yeah. I think Please only after that me. can I consider you a friend. <gasps> okay. That's fair. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. So this and is I like, do need to listen to yeah. the rest of your podcast episodes. So Yeah. Well, you only have four now to go through and then yours on Monday. So Okay. <gasps> I can't wait. A lot of people are really excited to listen. So yeah, I know. The critics are raving. <laughs> the critics are raving. Can't wait. What would be your approach on Survivor? I know you're a big fan. What would be your strategy to like win it all? Ooh, what would be my approach on Survivor? I wouldn't call myself a big fan. I was a fan and I am. I haven't watched it recently though. Wow. I think my approach, like I would come in, I think it would be... I would sell myself as useful by being from Florida. Mm, swampy. So I would probably honestly lie a little bit. Like I think I would try to make it sound like I knew more about fishing because I think people want to keep the people that can provide them food longer. So I think that might be my approach. Also, I'm pretty, I would say like I can have like deep, good, intentional conversations with people pretty easily like with strangers. So I think I would just like honestly go the route of like trying to win everybody over to liking me. 
Yeah. Um, and so if I ever got wind that somebody didn't like me, I think I would just like go that much harder and trying to get them to like me. Okay. And I think that would be my approach. And I would say typically that works for me in most things. Like I try really hard. You wouldn't pivot to like try to get them out? No. I think I would try really hard to get them to like me. Okay. And then I think, and if anything, I would pivot to try to get everybody else to like me more so that they would also stick up for me. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think you'd make it further than Sebastian? Ooh. <sighs> no. I think I could make top 10, but I don't. I think he was top six. I don't think I could make top six. Wow. And I'm I'm pretty strong, like mentally and physically. So I think that could help. Oh, for sure. Because like some of those are very like strength-based activities. Do you feel like the red hair would be an advantage? Yeah, because I'm memorable. That's true. You asked birds, what do you do to keep your hair so red? What do I do? Um, I eat a lot of carrots. Yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think the one time I've ever been drinking with you was at the bar crawl. <laughs> Our senior year. Oh, my gosh, yes. Do you drink at all? I do partake in the consumption of alcohol, yes. Okay. Have you... Um... Yeah, you're drawing a blank here. Yeah. Are we really not going to let the podcast people know that you you tried to ask me on a date? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I think it's good, Lucas. You did such a good job. I even complimented you on it like two years later. Wait, two years later? Yeah. Do you remember we were at Taylor and CJ's wedding? And I was like, hey, I really appreciate that you asked me on a date and that you didn't make it weird. And then you just let me say no. Yeah. And, and I will say you wrote me a really nice card or like letter. I did. Like outlining why you wanted to take me on a date. And I like felt really cared for by that, even though my response was no. Oh, I'm glad that. Yeah. I'm glad that that was the, <laughs> the effect that it had on you. Sorry if this is weird to bring up right now, but I feel like it's important. <laughs> no, 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 no. I appreciate that. Like Eric and I always say, we wanted to be a generation of men who write letters. Mm. I don't really know what that means. It just sounds deeper than what it is, I think. But Oh, yeah, but I like it. That's good. Yeah. We love a generation of men who write letters. Yeah. That said, though, probably just try to keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here for keeping it light. Which, like again, like I don't know. I think that there is a version of me and a version of this podcast. I just don't know if like I'm ready to be that vulnerable. <laughs> yeah realistically yes. yeah wait i know that we are still recording but like why did you decide to jump into the podcast game yeah i wanted to have documented conversations with friends i could go back to and listen and just like reminisce and you know Aww. listen just to a conversation of us talking and laughing and sharing memories i think also just like seeing where we are in different seasons of life yeah whether it was looking back on college talking about where we are now or you know dreaming about where we want to be in the future i think that it would be cool like when i interviewed eric he was unengaged <gasps> and he had just started up his lawn care company and now he's like turning people away because he just doesn't have the manpower that's insane but yeah just something to preserve memories i think that's great yeah thank you all right how are we feeling I feel good. You should end every podcast with um, making your guests share their favorite pickup line. I'm not going to do that, but Aww. why don't you share your favorite pickup line right now? Do you like raisins? No. How about a date? Nice. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good, right? Thank That's you. really good. Thank you. That works either Thank way because I don't like raisins. So 
Yeah, yeah. So if you say, yeah, okay, I guess, or no, yeah. You soft launched your pregnancy on Instagram. I <laughs> have been pregnant many a times on Instagram. And every single time I'm appalled at how many people believe that I'm actually pregnant. Why would you be appalled? Um, Because A, some of them saw me like the week before. And B, because it would be physiologically impossible. How would that be physiologically impossible? I'm not going to get into details on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so no anatomy and physiology today on the podcast. That's unfortunate. Not today. Everyone can put that one together in their brains for themselves. Okay. Sure. 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 All right. Are you ready to get into Fertz's question? What was Fertz's question? From the last pod. Oh, I missed it. Tell me. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. From last episode, Ferds asks... If you were to pull off a bank heist <gasps> and you needed a crew of three people, Ooh. who would you pick and why? Okay. That's a really good question. You hear that, Ferds? Mm. Okay. I feel like, honestly, I would I would put Ferds in it. I feel like he would be a very, very, very unsuspecting like distraction somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like he would be someone who like – he would have to be like undercover in the bank heist, you know, like everyone else would have like masks and guns or something, but he would just be like a bystander. And then he would like flip the switch last second. Okay. I can see that. So I'm not sure exactly like what that role would be, but it would be, he would be like, he would like close out the deal. Like somehow the the bank people would think that they're like not going to get robbed. And then Ferds would be like jokes on you. I'm with the robbers. Um, right, right, right. Cause I just okay. feel like he probably has a really good poker face. He's very two faced. He's also very violent. Yeah, yeah. So good poker face. So definitely Ferds. Um, gosh, from our friends, I feel like I would need somebody who's like pretty good at math, right? Because mm -hmm. like it feels like there would be like or like computer programming. So honestly, that feels tough. But I feel like you can't not say one person if you bring up math, considering the dude's getting a PhD in math. Yeah. Okay. Is that what Michael Lloyd's PhD is in? I hope so. That's what I thought, but I don't really listen. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So I think I, I think I definitely want Michael Lloyd in it, but he also would just be like a wild card because he could blow the whole thing. You know, <laughs> I feel like the kid sweats when he's nervous and people would know. Yeah. I just know that you made his night. What are you talking about? Just being on the team. By saying that? Yeah, you're right. Michael Lloyd, I want you on my team. Boom. I got you, Michael. Okay. Um, and then uh, honestly, I feel like in every like oceans movie, there's someone who's like really flexible, mm. like their body, a contortionist. And so maybe Tess. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like she did gymnastics. She danced, right? Yeah. Or danced one or the other. So I'm, I think I'm going to throw Tess in there too. So Tess, Michael and Ferds. Infallible. Yeah, I think I think we could pull it off. And me. And I think I would be the ringleader. I would be the um the Danny what's his name? Trejo? No, is that his name? In um what? Danny Phantom? <laughs> no, shut up. Um, in Oceans. <laughs> Danny DeVito? Um, what's his name? Yeah, the, yeah. Is it? No, it's not. It doesn't matter. He's the Oceans guy. George Clooney? Yes, George Clooney. Wait, you thought his name was Danny? What's his name in the show? In the movie? Oh, I have no idea. I've never seen any of them. 
I think it's you've never seen the Oceans movies, Lucas. You need to go watch them. There's too many of them. They're so good though. They're like very you you do not predict them. You think you will, and then they boom, the script is flipped. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. Watch them. You're a film guy. You better watch them. Okay. Follow up with me in a year. What is a question you would like to ask the next guest? Hmm. I would say when was the last time that you laughed so hard you felt like you couldn't catch your breath? Okay, nice. How would you rate your experience on the podcast on a scale from 1 to 10? 1 to 10? Um, well, I've never been on a podcast before. I think I would give it a 7. 7? Okay, why is that? Um, I think a 7 because it was definitely greater than a 5, like above average or above mm. mid. Above a 6 because I passed. Right. Above a six because you passed. Collegially speaking. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess if if five, but to me when you yeah, I was like when you do one to ten scale though, I think five being like mid range, and then like everything above five being like good. You know. Oh, interesting. Like below five is bad. Above five is good. Yeah, it's definitely higher than a six because it's like it's Lucas. I love talking to Lucas, but I would say a seven because you don't love talking to me for this long. Yeah, this is a long conversation. Um, just kidding. Um. But no, I feel like maybe only because I just can't remember some of the things, like fun experiences we've had. So I feel like, and maybe the seven's my fault. Maybe I should have prepared better, but maybe you should have prepared better. I should always be preparing better. Well, that follows into the next question. Okay. What can I do to improve? I think just like maybe have a handful of like, honestly, I always appreciate consistency in a podcast. So like when they ask if they're doing different people, when they ask a couple of the same questions, like, so you kind of know, like, Interesting. they have to be questions that are like different for each person though. But no, I think mm -hmm. it was great. And when you're just having casual conversation with no real, like your, your purpose in it isn't necessarily to like draw anything out of me. It's just to like reminisce and have fun. I think you did. You accomplished that. This was fun for me. Oh, good. Okay, I think that's it. Perfect. Do you have a signature sign-off? No, I normally just like do whatever by the end. You know what I mean? You should do your... Everyone should give their best impression of a pterodactyl. Okay, what's yours? <clears throat> that's mine. Yeah, on that note, I think we're done here. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I really have to go. Taylor Swift is re-releasing Speak Now in three minutes.